Welcome to the John Vulcan Academy podcast, Changing Lives, where we speak to the students and facilitators of this therapeutic community to gain a deeper understanding of how the program is changing lives. Hi there, it's Gary James with the John Vulcan Academy podcast, Changing Lives. Today we'll be talking to Landon, a student here at John Vulcan Academy. In fact, he's been at the Academy for 18 months. He's a recovering addict. His life has already changed in a profound way. You're going to hear more about Landon's very personal story and uh, the commitment he made to enrolling in a two-year program. Landon, today, student, John Vulcan Academy. Uh, Gary James with you here at John Vulcan Academy, and uh, today we've got uh, one of our students, uh, Landon, is with us. Landon, great to have you with us here today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. And, and now, look, Landon, how long have you been in the program so far? Uh, about 18 months. 18 yeah. months. Yeah. Now, you've heard from other students. Is it all downhill from here? What happens at 18 months? Uh, no, you know, at every stage of the program, you, you, there tends to be a different answer. So they say, you know, six months in all, this is the hardest time of your program. <laughs> then a year in all, this is the hardest time of your program. Um, the, the thing is, there's no downhill slope in recovery, at least for me, because the second it starts getting easy, that means I'm getting complacent. And that's okay. what this place teaches you. Every day I got to do a little bit more, okay. a little bit more. And so um, I'm, I'm, I would say, hyper-focused right now on finishing as strong as possible and also giving back as much as I can to the guys that will still be here when I leave. How did you end up here? So, <laughs> um, I'm... I mean, my story out of all the guys here is, I mean, everyone's story in addiction is graphic, but um, I'm, I'm really the against all odds, um, straight from about four or five trapdoor rock bottoms, if, if, if you know that saying, you know, in addiction they say, uh, you know, rock bottom's really just another trapdoor. Okay. Um, every time you go back out, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Um, I, from... 20, uh, I mean, I started using drugs when I was 13, I'm 24, um, but from the ages of 13 up until, you know, my first year of university, I had kept a persona that uh, I, I had incredible grades, I was a national level basketball player, I was awarded scholarships when I graduated, and I did everything, you know, that was all just different faces I wore for different people. Right. Um, I would. Is this the functioning addict that we hear about? Uh, yeah, I guess at that time, you know, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself as a full addict because okay. I still, um, I would, you know, party on weekends. I, I would dabble in certain drugs, but it wasn't to that point. It wasn't until I went to university that my life really uh, it took a change. Um, and from 2013 to the time that I showed up here, which is 2017. Um, Anything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, I was, uh, I had overdosed multiple times. Um, I had spent six figures more um, and put it all up my nose to ruin my body. Uh, I had been in the mental hospital, um, living in my car, lost my family, my friends, my girlfriend of, of um, almost a decade, um, and, and everything. Um, and that's how quickly it can go. What happened in university that? Light the fuse. What what happened? Do you think? Did um, you reflect on that? I went to university. Um, I was there on a partial theater arts scholarship, and I was intended to play basketball. The school was out in Edmonton, um, and I went there. Um, I didn't really want to go. If I'm being completely honest, I was doing it for my father. I, I I had already taken a year off, and I just didn't feel like I had any passion behind it. 
I wasn't going for the right reasons. And um, an opportunity to sell drugs out there got placed in front of me. And I prioritized that in front of uh, my schooling. I lied to my parents. I, I told them my grades were great. They, because I'm not checking in in high school because they knew they were good, you know, kind of gave me a little bit of leash. Um, I had been manipulating them and lying to them for years about who I really was and what I was really struggling with inside. Um, and so... So your primary reason for going to university was to deal drugs? Um, no, it just was something that got placed in front of me while I was there. Okay. I went okay. for my father okay. to, to appease him. Got it. And also because I was like, you know, I try to tell myself, oh, it's been a year. Okay. I had the time. I should know what I want to do. You know, I have this opportunity with school and scholarships and that type of stuff. And so I should take it. And so I went. And, um, yeah, I got an opportunity to sell drugs. I prioritized that. And then a little shortly after the university year for school had ended, um, my uh, best friend, that, um, I, who was kind of my partner um, in the organization, was uh, killed in front of me. Okay. Um, so some trauma. And it was, I, I suffer from CPTSD, so that's compounded uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. A lot disorder. of trauma. A lot of so, trauma. Um, and... It's been started from the second I was born. I was adopted at birth. Um, and so that happens with your biology. And these are all things I had to educate myself with uh, here at the John Bolkin Academy. And, you know, I came here to get off drugs, but I've learned more here than I ever imagined. So people outside would have stood back and said, this guy's got it made. Yeah. He's on scholarships. He, he's, he's athletic. He's got the smarts. He's on his way to university. What could go wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I was the it kid growing up. Okay. The, it's the fall from grace story. That's the way. If you you know if you ask my parents, um, you know how they would describe it. Um, that's yeah. It was the kid who fell from grace. So these trap doors started opening and closing in university. Yeah. Well, well, I mean the the real thing is for me. So when I was younger, I was sexually abused um, for three years of my life. And I didn't admit that to any person in my life until two days before I came to the John Wilkin Academy. So I, I lived with that for my entire existence. Why did you need to get that out days before you came to the Academy? Well, because for the first time in my life, I was ready to get better. I was ready to take this seriously. John Vulcan was um, proposed to me by my mother a, a year almost exactly to the day that I ended up showing up here. And in that year, I decided to take a different route. It ended in equally as bad of relapse, um, just like everything else I had tried in recovery. And so I finally told my mom after, you know, writing her a suicide note and planning to kill myself just the day before, um, you know, we were planning to come here. I told her, you know, I'm, I, for the first time in my life, I don't want to die. I want to live. Um, and I need this academy. This is the only way that's gonna, that it's going to work, that it's going to stick. And I just put that precedence on it immediately. My mom said, well, I'm not doing anything for you because I've done it all before. you got to fill the papers out. you got to make the phone call. you got to go to the doctor. you got to stay clean enough, long enough to detox if you want to do this. And I had that kind of moment of clarity that they speak about in the AA program where that paradigm shift happens. For the first time, it was like, man, if you don't get this, you're actually not going to make it to 25. It's, it's serious. And, and so I had to do those things. And the, the thing that you'll learn about addiction and about recovery is that whether you're abusing substances, it's negative uh, behavior, you know, you're overworking, you're doing all these things, it's a symptom. It's always a symptom. And the symptoms started for me the day that that abuse stopped. It's when I started abusing how I used basketball. It was to fill a void. Okay. It was material items. My parents spoiled me to death. 
right? Um, I, we were well off. They gave me everything I ever needed, every advantage. I used those material items to make myself feel better. I became an addict really, you know, not of drugs and alcohol, but of life and things to cope from a very young age. Right. And I'm sure that uh, in the program, you've had an opportunity to meet students with a similar kind of journey. Ha has that happened? Yeah. 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 So you can relate, you can re re relate to them. For somebody uh, who's only 18 months into the program, uh, it sounds like you've come a long way. Absolutely. And, and now, uh, when, when you arrived here uh, and you'd had this disclosure and you said, it's time, I feel like this is the right time. How many other times had you been through some kind of recovery program? What? Multiple. Short-term? Short-term, long-term, inpatient, outpatient. Nothing online. that looked like two years? No. No, it was, you know, <clears throat> get arrested under the BC Mental Health Act, go to the mental hospital for 72-hour hold legally, and then maybe you do a 30-day outpatient program with Interior Health. I'm from the Okanagan, so Interior Health would put that in place. Inpatient, you know, it's all short-term, right? It's quick fix. It's, you know, all. Yeah, males in recovery often have that, why can't I fix this myself? I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm a man. You know what I mean? And so that, that perpetuates that cycle. I was one of those people. It's like, oh, you're so intelligent. Why can't you just fix this problem, right? And so, yeah, uh, I had been in the program of recovery m many times. What have you discovered about yourself that, you, that is the most significant so far? During my time here? Yeah. Um, like I said before, I came here to get off drugs, right. right? I never expected to be given the opportunities that John Vulcan himself has actually given me personally. I've been put in a very blessed situation where about four months into my program, John said, you know, Landon, I'm going to take a risk on you. And we, they fired a paid employee and they made me produce manager of PricePro for four months into my program. So immediately I had to, A, I had to grow up, right? Um, I was given a business opportunity. I had to learn that, hey, I'm under the limelight now. And I learned, I have learned so much here, not only about myself, but about being human, emotional intelligence, CBT, behavioral cognitive therapy, all that type of stuff. Um, it is remarkable. It is, I, I I'm, I'm, will be eternally grateful for what John has put in place for me. But at the end of the day, um, I had to do it all. I had to do it all. Right? And that's the big difference. I think if I was to give you one phrase to answer your question, I learned just how capable I am. So there's an intake fee mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this one man's vision to help offset the actual cost of being here for two years so that you got a whole new life? What, what, do, you, what do you say to a John Vulcan? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky because I have a very personal relationship with John one-on-one -on -one, because of what we just discussed, right? Um, he agrees, and, and lots of people would agree that the, the number one issue we have, especially in the Lower Mainland, is affordable long-term treatment. That's what it takes, right? Most people do not have $60,000 to spend so their kid can go or their husband or whoever can go um, to treatment for 90 days, right? You're not going to put a second mortgage on your house, or you can't, even though your kid's life or your husband or wife's life's worth that much. It's not realistic, right? Um, and John sees that, right? Obviously, there's a cost to everything, right? And so 
if you put it into terms, how much does it cost for you to live here for five years at $5,000? It's nothing, right? It, really, you're gonna, you can always find that money. And so he has put a precedence on the fact that there's a need right. for something that's not out there. And he has the ability to, to offer that to so many people that are struggling, right? So right. I think that's the most important thing that he sees is that, hey, there's a real need out here. Often we hear about uh, addictive reco- addiction recovery programs uh, modeling after a spa. Mm-hmm. Kick back, it's good times. Mm-hmm. If you're only here for 60 days, you're healed, it's wonderful, have mm-hmm. a nice life. What makes the commitment to a two-year program that deals with mind, body, and spirit unique here? Well, addiction, three-headed dragon. So you have the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. You're going to have time to slay all three heads here. Number one, it's not just, oh, get fit, 60-day program. You get fit. Well, what happens is you get really healthy, and then you go get really high. It, that, that might be a blunt way of putting it, but I've been through that, and most of these students have been through that. It's like, holy, I feel incredible again, right? I'm Superman. This will never happen to me. So we got time here to deal with the physical. You're going to eat healthy three squares a day. You're going to work a routine. You're going to get up at the right time. You're going to be in structure. You're going to work out. You're going to be active. You'll learn things here like, you know, a body in motion creates emotion. That's a huge part of it, the physical. you got to get healthy. It takes time. Two to five years for the brain to rewire itself. Imagine how long it takes for me. In my eating disorder that I had during my addiction, I would maybe eat one meal every three weeks. You know how malnourished I was? I was 89 pounds when I went into the mental hospital at the age of 21. Right? It takes a long time to get the physicality back. The next is the mental. Well, it takes at least, at least, I'm going to say, if you're using, I'll use my drug, methamphetamines, 90 days just to defrost for you to even just get out of the cloud okay. that the drugs are in, okay? Then from there, 90 days to that kind of eight month to a year point is when we really dive, dive in deep, right? We figure out what makes you tick. We'll put you in situations to get a rise out of you, right? To see how you react how you behave with people, what those behaviors you are, and then we can start to get to, okay, those are all the umbrella, what's causing it? We'll start to pluck that root slowly, right? And then spiritual, this is the big one for addicts, right? It's, it's I don't need God, I don't believe in God, how could God make this happen to me? You know, AA talks about a God of our understanding. You do not have to, in recovery, believe that there's some white man in a beard calling the shots and his Ten Commandments in the Bible. You absolutely don't have to believe that, right? Everyone's different. If you do, great. But what you do need to know is that there's something bigger than you out there that when you just can't do it on your own, you can just say, hey, I'm human. I just need a little bit of help. I need to pick me up. And, And whether you use acronyms like, you know, a circle of people as a group of drunks, well, that's God for you today. That group of drunks is God. And so that's all I need. It's something bigger than me that I can relate to. And here, with the time frame that we have, you're able to touch on each one of those points. Landon, um, it, it may be a challenge for uh, people listening to uh, you know, even consider the fact that y- your journey is like other addicts' journey. When they listen to you now today, you're obviously passionate about who you're becoming. When... When did the sort of light come on for you in, in the John Vulcan Academy that, man, uh, I really need this? 
It was uh, actually, so what we do here, um, the day before graduation, we have uh, about three of those a year. Um, the day before that, we have uh, an ice cream party to celebrate just with the community, not with the parents and that type of stuff. And um, the graduates uh, who are going to be exiting the program the next day get up and they speak about their journey. And then the people who um, they have affected the most get up and talk about, you know, what they have done for them and, and who they've been. And it was the first grad that I was here for. It was October 20, 2017. I'd been here for only a few months. There was an energy in that room. Um, there was a, you could see it that these people had done it. Um, that they had, they had stayed in the trenches and, and in days against all odds when they showed up here completely hopeless, seeing these people who had been here for that time, a year and a half, 20 months, and you're like, oh man, that's never going to happen to me. And they were there and I just, I latched on and at that moment I knew that nothing was going to take me out of this program. But also I knew that I needed to take every day as a blessing and get the most out of it as po- that I possibly could. Right. Yeah, to get to that point. So it was, it was October 2017 was that day that everything kind of changed. And I said, I, I buy in fully because I felt it. What does your family think of the new Landon? Um, so um, my adopted parents who raised me, um, I, I didn't know my birth family growing up at all. Um, and because of the John Vulcan Academy, I've bridged contact with them. Um, and got those. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a 17-year-old biological sister who I met this summer. Um, well, not physically, but communi- we communicate almost daily now. Um, and I've also uh, gotten contact with my, with my birth mother as well. Um, but my adopted family, <clears throat> the person that they dropped off here, that my dad dropped off here, um, you know, he, he was beyond the point of saving, right? Um, it's a family disease, absolutely, 100%. The stuff that every single one of us puts our family through during our addiction. Um, and not only have they seen a change in me, I've seen a change in them. Um, and it, the things that happen in, in that retrospect, outside, the things that happen outside of this program with relational health and that type of stuff, they happen so organically that you don't even realize them until they're right in front of you. Like, for instance, I stole from my parents every single day of my addiction. When I ran out of my own money and when I was no longer working, um, I still had a multiple hundred dollar a day drug habit. That's who I was. And so I stole from them constantly. And when you come here, you, you have these, you know, these preconceived notions that, oh, I'm never going to earn their trust back. You know, they're never, and, you know, and then you get to a certain point, you get seven months into the program, you start to get visits. And, you know, and then time passes and time passes. And it was just a couple months ago, you know, I, I'm with my dad and he's trying to take a picture and he goes, here, Landon, hold my wallet. I got to grab my phone. And in my addiction, it was like, that was, I wasn't even allowed in the house. And my, now my dad's telling me, hold my wallet. It's because you earn that trust back. Got it. Right. And so, yeah, it happens and they see it and um, it's infectious for them too. The growth and the change. One of the things that makes... Uh this program, the John Vulcan Academy, unique is you're going to work. You're going to work. It's not a spa. From day one, (laughs) you're going to work. And uh, you may be doing some things uh, in the store that you never imagined, Mm -hmm. like running a produce department as an example, (laughs) which is not a bad uh, thing to be doing. Um, So what what are the tasks? What what are the typical tasks working at PricePro? What are you going to do? Yeah, so... It's a good thing we touch on this, right? Because we want to paint an honest depiction of what's going on here. You're going to work from day one. And I just want to say the most important thing about this is that it teaches you how to balance your recovery while still functioning like you're going to have to do if you're not here. You're going to have to work. 
You're gonna have to take care of yourself physically and you're gonna have to make time for your recovery right from day one. So it's the best, it's the best setting you could put yourself in because it's a real life setting, right? You can't just be like, oh, I press pause and I don't work for two years. Well, no, you still need to build that routine. And for me personally, I had struggled working my entire life. I couldn't, I could barely work when I got here, right? And now some people tell me, but I work too much, right? <laughs> Which, but I, I see it as from, if I look at my own past and I say someone who came from hating work to being, you know, overly functioning is, is sometimes, that's a good thing for me and it keeps me focused. But um, what, what you're going to do here is you're going to come here and you're going to be thrown into kind of just the lowest level you can, right? You're going to be cleaning, you're going to be helping people out where they want, you're going to be working in the store, right? That type of stuff. And then you see opportunity in front of you, you have a chance to seize those things, right? We have a lot of different areas for people to work here, right? We have a marketing department, uh, we have delivery team, you know what I mean? You, you can get a meat cutting ticket, there, there's different areas, right? You can work at the front desk, you can do intake, you know, all these different things, right? Have you ever heard of Joe Albertson's supermarket? No. So Joe Albertson's supermarket, huge chain in the U.S., mm -hmm. has a jingle famous. You're reminding me of it right now. It's Joe Albertson's supermarket, but the produce department is mine. <laughs> You've taken ownership mm -hmm. of the produce department yeah. here. What is it you're, what is it you're proudest of, of, of running that produce department? Well, I mean, I turn a profit by myself self-taught, right? So obviously I could go and say, hey, I did this. The thing is, is that I, and I put it into perspective this way, is that John has given me an opportunity to be at a position that it would have taken me probably four years and a BA to get to, plus working. He said, here's an entire department. You got no accountant, you got no nothing, and guess what? It's okay if you mess up, because we're gonna help you, we're gonna get you to learn. For an addict who's been in the program for four months. Yeah, because, and it was all from one conversation, and that is how fast your life can change. John came and had dinner with us, and, and I had been here for about three months, maybe even two months. And I just immediately started picking his brain. I seen an opportunity there and I seized it and it stuck with him. And he said, you know what? He came to me and he said, I never forgot that conversation we had at dinner. And this is why I'm gonna do this for you because I see something in you, right? And I said, holy, look at how life just plops things down, right? And, and I just took an opportunity and I ran with it. And I'm still doing it today, like 14 months later. Right, and so it's incredible. And now I'm starting to gain other things in my life that um, are outside of produce for my future as well. Right, I'm back in. I'm back in school. I'm in college. I'll be done in February. Um, and and what, are you, I, what are you taking in college? So, um, so I'm 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 going to be a life coach. Um, and it's because I growing up I never had that passion. I was I was very you know I had good grades and I had this, but I never knew what I wanted to do, and that always weighed on me like so many millennials today. It's, it's a serious issue. They go, oh, you know, I have opportunity, but I don't know what I want to do with my life. Right. And then I came here and because of my own growth and change, I became infected with a passion to help other people get it. And it's what I want to do with the rest of my life. And it, just talking about it, and I, and I hope that people can hear it in my voice, it's that if I can do it, you can do it. And, and the only one that can really do it is you. And that's why I took the life coaching approach versus counseling and that type of stuff. I had been in psychology and university and I, and I definitely truly believe in this process of you are the best person to change your own life, but obviously you're gonna need help. And that's what we teach here. We have a saying here, it says, you know, you alone can do it, but you can't do it alone. Right? So. Landon, um, when you now uh, observe 
new students uh, entering the program. Yeah. What goes through your mind? Um, I just want to give them the best chance at staying sober uh, for the rest of their life. Um, I see a bit of myself in every single one of them. Okay. Absolutely. Just had that moment, uh, you know, last week we got someone new and, uh, you know, people were having a bit of struggle, button heads, ego, that type of stuff that an addict coming in would have, obviously. And, uh, I just, I took a good hard look at myself and said, you know what, man, they're probably the reason why you're struggling with this person is because he reminds you a lot of who you were when you came in here. Big mouth, terrible listener. Uh, you know, thought he had all the answers. Well, and you know, because you go, I'm, oh, I'm intelligent. I'm so smart, right? Well, guess what? Your best thinking got you institutionalized. Number one thing you got to tell yourself, right? I use a tool here and and a lot of guys use this called the accountability mirror. And uh, we're all about accountability here. And we hold each other accountable and we pick each other up and we let each other know when we're falling down. And the, the, but the most important thing, and we touched on it earlier, is getting really honest with yourself, yeah. first and foremost. And that's why the accountability mirror is, is so good, because you gotta go inward. Do you learn the triggers then in addiction? Do you now know better what you need to watch and monitor for you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're gonna learn your triggers as well as the triggers for other people that you're living around so that you can keep a sacred environment and hold space for them. You're with these people 24-7. You're living, the way that we live here is something that you can never fully understand unless you go through it, right? Um, and, and it's a long process. Um, so yes, you learn your triggers, you learn what to avoid. Uh, you also learn that if something triggers you, you can actually get through it with certain tools. I, I, like, I use this saying and then I use it with other guys is that I have 101 tools and I just use that as a, as a joke, right? But I have 101 tools that I'd use before I'd go pick up drugs again. In reality, I'm never gonna use 101 tools in one day before I go get drugs, which means I never have to use drugs. You have to take that completely off the table. You know, you have to. If you're, if you're gonna be that small percentage that stays sober for the rest of their life, you have to take it off the table, and it all comes with first what you tell yourself, then what you tell the people around you, and then the action that you take. Understand. Okay. Um, graduation is not far away. Yeah. And you're, you have aspirations now of working here with, with additional opportunities or what, where are you, where are you going? You mentioned the, um, my, my main focus right now is obviously, you know, you plan short-term, midterm, long-term goal. Okay. And and we do that here, uh, through smart goal setting. But you know, number one focus right now is finish school because that comes before graduation. So I need to finish. I want to finish with a 4.0. I'm on track for that. Um, and I want to, you know, learn as much as I can. Then I will have some time after school, you know, a couple months where, where I'm still here. And, uh, yeah, get into a different uh, position um, with the academy and with the store and start to implement some of my schooling and that coaching to the students here and to our, to our uh, community. Um, when I finish, the, the options are still open. We'll have to deal with that when we get there. Um, I would love to spend a little bit of time and give back to this community and maybe, maybe a bit longer time. I, I'm, not su- I'm not super sold on anything. Me and John will have that conversation when we get there. The fact that it's even been offered and it was offered so early in my program, maybe like six or eight months, John was like, oh, I see a future with you here, um, is a blessing. Yeah. Right. And, and with this community and with this program, you get so many other blessings like living here for practically rent free. Right. 
um, having a, an on-site support system even when you graduate to help you re-enter and, and that type of stuff on top of the re-entry program we already offer for people in their last six months. Lennon, what, how, how significant is it that the program staff have gone through their own addiction journey? How important is it to you to, to appreciate that? The, the beauty about John and, and why we talk about the, everything we need is inside the therapeutic community is that both our program directors were also students. Who better to relate not only to being an addict, but to the process that you're presently in than students that have gone through it and are sometimes still sober outside of it, right? Five, seven years. It's incredible, right? There's no one that can relate to, oh, I'm ready to, this is such a long process. I'm ready to start. I'm not making money. All these things that students will say, right? Um, and that then people that have been through it. So of course it's a it's an added advantage. Did you think when you heard it was going to be two years that that was a desperately long time? Um, so the first time I called for the John Vulcan Academy, like I said, was before uh, hand. Uh, it was a year before I showed up, and the woman on the phone told me, "You know what, Lannon? You're 22 years old. Two years in the span of the rest of your life is just a really small glimpse." And I held on to that. Even though it was a year until I showed up here, I held on to that. It seems like a long time when you're at the start, but I can tell you this has been the fastest year and a half of my entire life. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, Lannon, a pleasure to have you with us, and uh, we look forward to hearing more about your, your graduation and the produce department here at Price Pro. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, guys. It was great. This has been the John Vulcan Academy podcast, Changing Lives. To learn more about the program or to enroll today, visit our website at vulcan.org. John Vulcan Academy, we change lives. Thanks for listening.